when the storm comes, the bison naturally don't run away from the storm. They run into it because they can come out of it on the other side quicker. So instead of spending your life running away from it, which has its own stresses and challenges, you run into it, which is very uncomfortable. Then you get through it. If you're always running away from that storm, it's always chasing you. But if you charge into the storm, eventually you're going to come on the other side of it and it won't be chasing you. But there's going to be another storm. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How is it going? My name is Pete, coming to you from Vermont. With me is my friend and co-host, Mr. Todd Ellis, coming to you from the beautiful state of Washington. What's up, Todd? Not much, Pete. What's happening with you? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Me too. It's good to be here. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) <laughs> Same. <laughs> What's shaking in VT? Oh man, I feel like there is a whole bunch of challenge going on around me. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've learned of friends, family members, and all sorts of people suffering from different terminal illnesses. Ooh. Cancer and liver stuff and all sorts of stuff. Um, had a friend pass away in the last two weeks. It's just been kind of sitting on my brain quite a bit. And every now and again, I'll see or hear a video or a, a, an audio cut, and it'll kind of stick with me. And what I want to focus tonight's conversation on is kind of related to some of the stuff that I've been thinking about and um, the challenges that have been present in my world and, and the people around me. I kind of want to dive into a video that a colleague shared with me a number of months ago um, that was filmed of the Duke, the women's Duke basketball coach. Her name is Kara Larson. She said some pretty powerful stuff. And I think before we go anywhere or any further in the conversation, I'm going to drop the clip of that in there so the listeners can hear it. And then we can share our thoughts and perspectives on it. Uh, I think that'll just kind of help me with kind of where I'm at na- navigating some of the challenges of people around me right now. Uh, I'm going to attempt to do that, to drop that clip in. Then we'll go from there. Drop away. For the listeners out there, the clip is about no. two minutes and 40 <laughs> seconds. So less than three minutes for your listening pleasure. Kara Larson, the women's Duke basketball coach, talking about doing hard better. I, I was talking with, with Shay a couple days ago, and one of the things we, we talked about was um, how we all wait in life for things to get easier. Think in your own life if you've waited for something to get easier. Oh, I just got to get through this, and then it'll be easy. I just got to get through preseason, and then it'll be okay. I've just got to get through my junior year of high school, and then the classes are going to get easier. I've just got to get to my spring and my senior year of college, and it's going to be easier. It's what we do. We wait for stuff to get easier. It will never get easier. What happens is you handle hard better. That's what happens. Most people think that it's going to get easier. Life is going to get easier. Basketball is going to get easier. School's going to get easier. It never gets easier. What happens is you become someone that handles hard stuff better. So that's a mental shift that has to occur in each of your brains. It has to. Because if you go around waiting for stuff to get easier in life, it's never going to happen. And then what happens? Oh, it's so hard. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, this, I don't know. When, it, when is it going to be easy for me? Oh, it's easy for other people. It's not. It's hard. And the second we see you handling stuff, handling hard better, what are we going to do? 
we're going to make it harder. We're going to make it harder. Because we're preparing for you for when you leave here. Not just basketball and life. And if you think life, when you leave college, is going to be all of a sudden get easy because you graduated and you got a new degree, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. So make yourself a person that handles hard well. Not someone that's waiting for the easy. Because if you have a meaningful pursuit in life, it will never be easy. If you're trying to win a championship, if you're trying to have a family, ask your parents. Do you think it was ever easy for them to raise kids? Karen, is it easy? It's not. Any meaningful pursuit in life, if you want to be successful at it, it goes, it goes to the people that handle hard well. Those are the people that get the stuff they want. People that wait around for easy, you probably see them at the bus stop. They're waiting for easy, the easy bus to come around. Easy bus never comes around. Got to handle hard. Okay, so don't get discouraged through this time. If it's hard, don't get discouraged. It's supposed to be. And don't wait for it to be easy. Oh, I just got to get through the summer. And then it'll all of a sudden get easy in the fall. No, it won't. It won't. It won't get easy in the fall. So make yourself someone that handles hard well. And then whatever comes at you, you're going to be great. You're going to be great, okay? All right, so before we jumped on and recorded this evening, I also sent that clip to Todd and just said, hey, take a look at this. I'd be curious to know what you think. And Todd, without really even um, thinking about it, I sent that clip to you. And then as I was preparing to come down to record tonight, I realized that in the last year, you have lost both your parents and your job. I'm guessing in some way, shape, or form that this clip resonated with you in some way. I'd like to lead off the conversation by just getting your thoughts and perspectives and your kind of reflection on what was said in that clip. It's interesting because when I was, I was, <laughs> I, lit, I watched it uh, right before I did some yoga and uh, kind of let it marinate while I was doing that. But um, the first thing I thought was a lot of people miss this. And so when I looked at it, when I watched the video, the first thing you see is this, this individual kind of, you know, it's just a first person view talking to an audience and up in the corner is, is the, um, the D for Duke. And so immediately my mind started putting these things together and I thought, Oh, this is an interesting topic for, people of people who are attending a university because so as the topic unfolds it's you know it, it talks about nothing's ever going to really get easy you just have to prepare yourself to 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 do or to do the hard thing or or look for the benefits of doing hard things because nothing's ever going to get simpler and so i thought to myself well that's kind of late <laughs> for people to learn that because you know hopefully we can get that you know in elementary school or middle school or somewhere way before that so that was the first thing that struck me yes yeah, so, so the setting of the video is this basketball coach at a basketball practice. And it turns out that she didn't even know it was being filmed. She just oh. had someone on the team, an assistant coach that filmed it and then kind oh. of put it out to the world. And it went, it went viral. Like the next thing she knew this coach was being invited to all these big time talk shows and, and news outlets and all these things to talk about the video. And mm. she was just basically saying, I was trying to share with my players the reality of what it's like to be a human. Yeah. And I think when I first heard it and why my colleague shared it with me is because of the name of our podcast, the Schooling Struggle Podcast. And as I say, when we lead off every show, the only guarantee in life is struggle. I think that's what she's talking about. And, and I think it's easy to think, well, she's, te- she's talking to a bunch of teenagers, early 20s, that just haven't experienced enough hardship to realize that, yeah, life is freaking hard. But the more time I spend with people, I think a lot of adults and people that have lived many years and have vast life experiences might have experienced hardship, but they might not recognize that 
one of the best ways to navigate that struggle is just accepting the fact that it is never going to get easier. Victor Frankl's Men's Search for Meaning, I've heard some people talk about that, and um, you can Google that if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, but it's a book about a guy that survived the concentration camps in World War II. And basically, he was saying that the people who were the eternal optimists didn't have the mind strength to get through what was needed to survive that. And the people who were the eternal pessimists died even before those people because they didn't have the the mental strength. But it was the people who saw the reality for what it was and accepted that and navigated it in a realistic mindset. And I think that is a really cool way to navigate life, to recognize that that everyone does face hard stuff. And if we just wait and wish and wait and wish for time to go by and then it's going to get easier, two things happen. One, our life passes us by and we can't, we don't enjoy the moment. And two, it's never going to get easier. So we're wasting our time and energy waiting for things to get easier. Learning to do hard better, as she's quoted there, I think is an incredibly powerful message to someone of any age, be it elementary, middle, high school, college, adult, and beyond. And the amount of people that I think, at least that I interact with, that are complaining about the now, that are struggling with the now, that are just waiting for the now to be over so that tomorrow can be better. I think that's just a hard way to live. I think it's hard to see. I think it is the difficult part, right? Like it's easy to think, oh, it'll be better. I I hear this all the time. Like, oh, once I win the lottery, everything will be better. Oh, once I get this job, everything will be better. I mean, there's a million examples that we have heard or we have always said ourselves or whatever in life. But I think and and we often talk about this, but it's it's having the awareness or having somebody shine a light on that point that no, it's actually not going to get any better, <laughs> or you know, it'll be different. I mean, it may or may not be better, but it'll be subjectively different, right? At some point, and I think that's the most important message there. Yeah, I think the difference for me there, Todd, is better doesn't necessarily mean easier, right? Like, and the it's, way you, your also, head, you, yeah. you may or may not disagree with me, so. You know what? If if someone is facing a challenge, and and that challenge is is removed from their life, it may be better, but there's going to be another challenge. So it's not going to get easier. Or we shoot for that next thing, right? Like I'm going to get the promotion. Once I get the promotion, my life's going to be better. Yeah. Well, you get the promotion, and then everything comes to an equilibrium, and you have a new normal. Yeah. And things will get better when you get the next promotion. Yeah. yeah. You get that next promotion. Everything comes to equilibrium, and things will get better. And things actually maybe are getting better. You can access the things you think you want to access, but then we just think about the next thing. So it, it might get better, but it doesn't necessarily get easier because we, we kind of assimilate to the circumstances we're in and then things happen and it gets, it gets more challenging. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what we're saying is like there, there, are, like there are many, many people out there that, are, that have wealth beyond anyone's imagination as far as financials go, but their life's not easier. Yeah, yeah. They're not happier. So no matter where we are or what we do, there's going to be hardship. And embracing the hardship is, I think, the most fulfilling way to go about it, but it's friggin' hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think we're saying similar things, but I think it's, it's, it's seeing it for what it is. Some of the stoic book, like the only way out is through, right? Like that's a very hard mindset to conceptualize if, if you're always against something that's difficult. And I think, you know, it's kind of like iron sharpens iron. It's the same kind of situation is you have to be able to realize this is an opportunity for me and accept this is an opportunity for me to learn something from this hardship. And I'm going to go into it as opposed to I'm going to sit on the couch because tomorrow's going to be easier for me to do X. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. 
it's hard. It's definitely hard <laughs> for sure. When I use that analogy of the, the bison on the plains, that into the storm reference, when, when the storm comes, the bison naturally don't run away from the storm. They run into it because they can come out of it on the other side quicker. Yeah. But so instead of spending your life running away from it, which has its own stresses and challenges, you run into it, which is very uncomfortable. Then you get through it, but there's going to be another storm. So just because they run into the storm doesn't mean their life is easier. It's just, they're not spending as much attention running away from the thing and constantly always running away from the thing. If you're always running away from that storm, it's always chasing you. But if you charge into the storm, eventually you're going to come on the other side of it and it won't be chasing you. And I think that's, that's an important thing to remember. Yeah. It's yeah. For me, it boils down to how do you teach that though, right? Like how do we, how do we, we take all these lessons that we learn that you and I talk about that we glean from other places, but how do you teach that? Right. Like you, like you're a teacher. Are you able to teach that? Or like, what are the steps to teaching that? So it's funny that you say that. And I didn't prompt you to say that in tonight's conversation, but I did some digging when it comes to this particular video and this particular focus, I, I found some really cool stuff online that people had kind of gleaned from it. And I think that as I start a new semester next week with brand new students in my, my mindset class, my better than yesterday class, I am going to share with them some of the stuff that I've found that I'll share with you and the listeners right now. Will you walk away from this having learned everything that I would hope that you'd learn? Probably not. But these are some of the takeaways. If you're saying to me, how would I teach it? Like, this is how I might share. So some of the stuff that I, that I dove down came up basically like seven points. So we'll call this the kind of the seven aspects of facing the hard stuff or doing hard better, as the coach says. Can we call it the hard sevens? The hard seven, yes. <laughs> seven up. So number one is is what you and I talk about every single episode and is what is this podcast is based on is everyone faces hard stuff. That's the foundational piece for this all. Like the only guarantee in life is the challenge, is the struggle. We are going to be facing those of all different sizes and complexities. And something you said earlier about like, oh, my life will get better once I win the lottery. Oh, my life will get better once once this big thing happens. But I think we also n- navigate our day to day. Just can't like can't wait for this thing to be over. Whether it's the the rain. Oh, it's raining today. Things will be better for me when it stops raining. Oh, I'm sitting in class. Things will be better for me 43 minutes from now when class ends. Oh, I'm doing this horrible work shift. Things will be better for me in five and a half hours when I get off of work. Yeah. It's also these little compounding things, not just the big, big things like, oh, my life will be better when I get out of poverty. Oh, my life will be better when this person is extinguished from my life. So there's a little stuff too. My life will be better when this little or this big thing is no longer in front of me, mm-hmm. right? So everyone faces hard stuff. And then uh, I think a really good takeaway from this video is, and part of the reason why the video went viral when I started doing research is people said, you know what? I'm just out here living my life, doing my best, and I don't have a coach. It's actually kind of cool to have a coach. Mm-hmm. And even this coach, I might not be playing for the Duke women's basketball team, but this two and a half minute video in some way reached me because without intending to, she was coaching me. So we all seek positivity, encouragement, and inspiration in others in some way, shape, or form to be our best versions of ourselves. And I think mentors provide this. So how can we set up our lives that we can find people that challenge us and care Mm -hmm. about us in ways that help us be our best selves? And we can call those people whatever we want, coaches, friends. I think having those people in our life is huge. And it's very easy to keep distance from the people that hold us accountable. And those people sometimes make us uncomfortable. There's several people in my life that hold me accountable for things without even knowing. They don't even know. They're like wives of friends. 
And I'm like, eh, I'd rather not be around that person. Why? Because they make me feel like I need to hold myself accountable inside. And that's not comfortable. But those people make me better without even knowing. Huh. I think we all need a good coach. And I would I would even step go one step further and say we all need several good coaches. In the last episode that Doug and I recorded, we talked about show me the people that you spend the most time with and I'll give you a pretty good indication of what your life looks like. You know, so the people that we surround ourselves with really, really matter. That's number two. We all need a good coach. Number three, and this was clearly stated in that clip, is that life is not going to get easier and that's okay. And I think that's something that that I've struggled with. My mom is a devout listener to this podcast. She listens to every word multiple times. But my mom was quick to hide the hardship from us as kids because she didn't want us to have to experience it. And I grew up thinking that 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 hard hard stuff was bad. And I, I don't think we can put a qualifier on that hard is bad or good. Hard is, but but that's okay. So instead of, oh, I just need to get through this stuff. Oh, everything will settle down in a little bit. When stuff settles down, then I can start to move myself forward. And once we understand that we can handle things the way they are, that really liberates us and frees us to live a life that that we want to live. And that's and as she says in the video, that's a mental shift that has to happen for us to get stronger. We have to be willing to know that we can handle the hard stuff in our life. Yes. I keep I just keep thinking all these things. I don't want to take you off track, but I, I have so many questions and remarks that's right. so do you, do you want to just give me the questions and remarks now or do you want me to get through all seven of these points and you then should you go can... through all seven and then we can okay we can touch back all right so life won't get any easier and that is okay that's number three number four strength fuels us to handle hard so how so so if i handle hard better when i'm stronger how do i get strong that's the question right and the analogy that I will always use, as long as I'm on this earth, is fitness. I'm deconditioned. I can't run. Walking is uncomfortable. And I go out and I go around the block once. That is going to hurt. That's going to be uncomfortable if I push myself to an intensity that that has me venture outside of my comfort zone, regardless of what my fitness level is. My heart rate goes up. My breathing is heavy. I get hot. I sweat. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. Wherever we are in that fitness journey, we can all push to an intensity that we can identify with that. And it always hurts. No matter how how fit I get, I might get better. I might be able to get around that block faster. But that discomfort is what leads me to start to become more comfortable being uncomfortable. And when I can accept being uncomfortable and embrace it, I don't notice it or it doesn't feel as hard. So perceived level of exertion, PLE, is how we self-determine the, the effort we're putting towards something. And in fitness, it's just... It's your biomarkers. Like, how is your heart rate beating? How are you breathing? The perceived level of exertion. And oftentimes, from what we're finding through studies, is our perceived level of exertion is not representative of actual where our exertion is. But the only way to enhance our perceived level of exertion is to exert ourselves. So when we become more accustomed to that discomfort and we accept it and we embrace it, we become stronger. And then when we become stronger, we fuel ourselves, both mentally and physiologically, to handle hard better. Number five, and some of these might sound like they're kind of all similar and they are in a way, but I think mm -hmm. they are they are unique too. Know that you can do hard things. We have a huge responsibility to ourselves and to others to overcome challenge because if we don't overcome challenge, we certainly can't be our, our best selves and we can't provide for others. And the only way to overcome challenge is to believe. So we've learned that the most important aspect of accomplishing anything 
is actually not the skill to accomplish the thing. It's the belief that you can accomplish the thing because with the belief, you can adapt the skill to do the thing. So let's just say I can't juggle and my hands don't know what to do with the balls to juggle the balls. If I believe that I can do the thing, which is the most important thing, then I can teach myself to, to do it. But if I don't ever believe, I'm never going to juggle. The ability or the belief that I can juggle is actually more important than the skill to juggle, although you can't juggle without the skill, but the belief will lead the skill. Only if you're doing something that isn't of challenge you can already do can the skill lead the belief. So knowing that we can do hard things is super important. Say that last part again. Knowing that knowing the skill, what did you say there? When something new or challenging, the belief has to lead the skill. We have to have the belief that we can do it to take on the to take on the challenge of the skill to accomplish the thing. If we can already do the skill and we don't need the belief, then it's not a challenge. We can already uh, do it. I see. I see. Number six. Number six is a little bit different, but in in her video, one of the takeaways is we must support our future leaders. So those of us who are in contact or in orbit with young people, either we're parents, we're coaches, we're teachers, we're just in society, we have a responsibility to help cultivate future leaders by living this out, by sharing this message, by striving to instill a belief in young people that they can they can do things. And that's a, that's a million dollar question is how do we do that, mm. right? And I have my thoughts and perspectives on that. Mm -hmm. it, it comes first by forging a connection with them first. And then the last piece is just in order for us to do any of this, self-care is absolutely necessary. So man, in so many facets of my life, the books that I'm reading, the conversations I'm having, the podcasts I'm listening to, the movies I'm watching, the videos I'm seeing right now, it all seems to be like centered on the same things, mental and physical health and how insanely important that is, how crazy important it is to get good sleep, how crazy important it is to drink water, the negative impacts of, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't know. Blood sugar. Your, your, yeah, your blood sugar. The blood, your, <laughs> the blood sugar there in is. our body. The, the importance of positive connections in our life. Like these things just keep circling and coming back to me in so many different ways. I think that I'm coming to like kind of take a hard stance on it is our responsibility to now be aware and to implement and take actions with these things because we now have the science to show the importance of sleep and the importance of eating well. And we see what happens when these things are neglected. And not only neglected for a day, a week, a month, but neglected over decades and decades and decades and where that leads us. So I'll just recap real quick. Number one, everyone faces hard stuff. Number two, I think we all need a good coach. Number three, life won't get easier and that is okay. Number four, strength fuels us to handle hard better. Number five, know that you can do hard things. Number six, be willing to support future leaders. Number seven, self-care is absolutely integral and necessary for us to be our best selves. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so I feel like number seven, where do you want to start? <laughs> I have so many things. Go ahead. Let me go this down. Yes, I agree with those. And to me, it all comes down, many of those points could be simply supported by, here's a story. I used to know a guy named Chris. Chris was obesely overweight, like like just ridiculous. <laughs> that's great obesely overweight. I don't even know if that's what, morbidly <laughs> obese. Is this is what Chris it is now. That morbidly obese. And I happen to know these tools in nutrition and fitness, things that have worked for me. And I said, I'm going to help you out, Chris. I'm going to, I said, you're going to invest in yourself for 30, 60 days. We're going to do, I'm going to support you in all these things. We're going to go to the gym. I'm going to show you how to, I'm going to teach you all these things that I know. And you're going to go out and experiment with it. Will you do it? He said, sure. 
And so he started, he started down this road, you know, weighing his food, checking his macros, you know, consistently walking more, like all these things that you and I know, you know, have been successful for, for us in our own lives. And he, he saw major turnaround. Like it was ridiculous the, the amount of turnaround this guy saw. And at the end of the three months, four months, whatever it was, he was feeling great. He, you know, like you could take, I took pictures before and after you could just see his face. Like he, like his, in my opinion, in my perspective, like his life was leaps and bounds different leaps and bounds better how I looked at it than when he started. And I, I sent him a picture one day of this, you know, this before and after he was like, wow, like I never even saw it. Like, I know I feel better. And I know I can move better. I know I can do all these things better, but I'm going back to the way I was doing things before. And I thought to myself, what a waste. Like, I remember thinking what a waste, but in, in retrospect, it's what is it that keeps people pushing forward through hard things? I don't know why I do it. I just do it because I, I've figured out that there's benefits for like, I really like a very hard workout. I, I don't know why I like it because I don't like it while I'm doing it. But when I'm done, I'm like, God, that was great. Right. But some people, even though you give them all the tools, and I've said this a million times too, how do you keep the horse, make the horse, keep the horse thirsty? That's the problem, right? So when when people fall back into comfort and they begin you know, in their environment or, or whatever it is, and they go back to what's comfortable, what separates the people who continually appreciate the difficulty of hard things and learn something through those from the people who are complacent or just good enough with what's comfortable for what they've always done, even though they, they clearly have experienced both sides of it. That's the crazy part to me. And I think that until we figure that out, I mean, you could, you could one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and these are all great points. And these are all steps on, you know, on a path to different things and better betterment or however you want to look at it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to how do you instill that belief and how do you culture or cultivate the action that it requires in order for people to sustain that through that, throughout the long, throughout their longevity, right? That's the hard part. And so, you know, having a great coach, you know, all these are great levers and tools to, to get you there. But at the end of the day, it's what am I going to get for it? And, and why should I invest in that? Because I had it before it was great. And now I've fallen back into it. Like that's, that's the crux of it for me. And there was a part in that video I was going to highlight, and I don't know if everybody's had to watch it, but, it, and I, it adds, it helps me when you add context saying that it wasn't staged, like she didn't have time to you know, presented or whatever. And that's even better because if it's just guttural like that, that's fantastic. But there was there was a point near the end where she said something like, it'll get easier to do the harder thing. And I thought, what an oxymoron, because should that really be the point of, of like, oh, I've done all these hard things, so this one's going to be easier to do? Because isn't that the same thinking, but just kind of a little bit backwards that kind of led me down this path to, we always seem to fall back. We always seem to be in the cyclical process of I had it. It was hard. I've learned something through it. But man, now when now that it's easier again, I really, really enjoy sitting here. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that's the hardest part to teach and to, and to keep in the forefront of people's minds. You know, and and we have responsibilities. True. Like th this is why we do hard things as parents. This is why we do hard things as you know, people in a lot of people do. They you know they go out and they work at a nonprofit because they want to make an impact for people where something else isn't working, right? And I think that it's, if we could focus all of our attention and all of our efforts on making sure that we do our best to make that lesson stick and ensuring that it, that it is something that's easy, easily, not easily, but maybe easily, easily uh, approached. And then, you know, and like Atomic Habits, you, you win one, you stack it up, you win one, you stack it up, and then it keeps them going with that momentum. Yeah, I think it's also easy for us to judge based on our paradigms what we think other sure. people if they're doing hard things, 
right? Like I can have, and I do have a fitness class where I have a number of kids come in every single day and just absolutely crush it. Like, I don't know if they're sick. I don't know if they're stressed out. I don't know if there's anything going on in their life because they don't share that. They're, they just come in as robots. They put their head down and they get a fantastic workout in for 70 minutes, five days a week. And I'm looking at them going, wow, they're going to do this for the length of our semester, which is like four and a half months. And four and a half months from now, they're going to be so fit because high schoolers adapt so quickly, right, to, to fitness gains. And I can have another kid, and I do, come in literally once a week or once every 10 days, walk into class, sit down on the doorway in the hallway outside of the, the weight room and just sit there quietly for an entire class. You allow that? And for that kid to pull himself out of his situation one day a week or once every 10 days takes far more mental and physical, more mental strength than for those kids from stable homes to get a ride to school to go work out hard every day. So it's easy for me to say, oh, those kids who are getting five workouts in a week, following the protocol, following the program, they're working hard. But that kid, man, he just sleeps nine out of 10 days and he don't come in. But the amount, what he, what he's surmounting or the obstacles that that student is overcoming, no one in their life tell them they have to get up. No one in their life tell them they have to go to school. It's easy to just sleep in another day. That's an incredible amount of obstacle for that, for that person. So I think what I try not to get caught up in is, oh, that person is doing hard things. That person's not because people are doing hard things in their own right. And this is tough. You know, there's, there's many different facets yeah. to ways to look at that. Like, oh, that person saves a lot of money. Well, maybe it's easier for that person to save money than for that person. So I just think that's something to be, be aware of and compassionate about when we're looking at, looking at other people. And then I guess the other piece is, and maybe this, you know, this plays into the anecdote that you gave about your friend, but like, does the end justify the means? And for, for you and I, it does. Like we're in our mid to late forties and we enjoy a hard workout and we, we take something away from that that makes us fuel to come back and do it again. But maybe some people don't, they feel the effort I'm putting in this thing is just not worth it. We see that in relationships all the time. We see that in careers. We see that in different, different aspects of life. So like, when it comes to doing the hard thing, like A, what is hard to us and B, how do we apply that to our own situations? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I think that, I think the answer is like, like you you hinted at the beginning. I don't know if you have a different talk track about it, but the connectedness, right? Like understanding the kid in the hallway, like what is hard for you? And is this difficult? Because, you know, maybe I could show you something for the next 20 minutes that, you know, could have you feeling really good and being able to, you know, say I, I went there and I got something out of that and maybe that will lead to something or at least op exposing opportunities and paths where what you came with and you're sitting in the hall doesn't have to be your reality, especially during my class, right? Like we could have, we could forge a different relationship. I don't know. Yeah. Or, and it is a, it is a fitness class and you ended up in this class somehow, either you chose to be here or a counselor put you in here. But the reality is this is a fitness class with, that has a performance-based approach. But what if pulling yourself out of that situation and coming to school and sitting in the hallway for 20 or 30 minutes silently by yourself, not on your phone is the only silent time or the quiet time yeah. you have for yourself that in your life. <laughs> for sure. That is your fitness. Yeah. And since that it's is your scale of fitness, right? Like what does that mean to somebody? Mental you know, fitness. Not, not doing box jumps. You know what I mean? Like it's a completely yes. different 
different paradigms. Yeah. I think that if we were to ask people, are you doing the hard thing in your life? They will reply, yes, I have this barrier. I have, I'm, you know, trying to overcome that. And, and they, and they truly believe in the heart. Like this is, this is what I'm battling with and getting started is the hard thing or or whatever yeah. the hard thing is. I can't speak for you, but for me, doing the hard thing yields a positive result down the road. But if I don't see a positive result from that hard thing, that hard thing is probably not worth doing, right? Like it would be very hard for me right now to learn to speak Vietnamese. I know that because I live in a country that spoke Vietnamese. But spending my time and energy on learning to speak Vietnamese is not going to yield an outcome that I think is worth putting the time in. Yeah, it has to have utility, right? There has to be something useful. I see the utility in eating well. Some people might see eating well the same way I see Vietnamese. I view exercise as having a utility. Some people might see exercise as the same way I see Vietnamese. So we're all challenged yeah. by stuff. We're all working through stuff. I like to say the only time we're failing is when we stop trying. How can we just keep putting one foot in front of the other? And that's the hard thing. Yeah. I think that I've been reading, a thanks to you and, and Wild Bill, <laughs> I've been uh, listening to a lot. When I say reading, it's usually listening. So just so we're clear on that. I've been listening to a lot of books on um, triggers. And it's very interesting that you said that because it's, it's, it's hard to, it's difficult to know what is, what is going to be of utility until you like really understand what drives you. We've talked about values before, right? And I think maybe that's the entry point is, and I, I, I probably share this with the, with the listeners before too. I, I was well into my you know late 30s, early 40s before I actually realized what values were and the, and the role that they played. Like I, I bumbled through life thinking, oh yeah, this is my value, that's my value. And it wasn't until I sat down with therapists that I was like, oh, oh, this is what values are? And now I was just thinking about this earlier. I, you know, it's like, what is the work that I want to do next? Well, it has to align with my values. If I didn't know what my values were or even have a, an idea of what that meant, I would just be still bumbling around doing who knows what, trying to figure out instead of having some sort of compass. So you know, maybe that's a different way to flip it is let's invest on people understanding the fundamentals of what it is that runs your mind and runs your actions. And when you, when you get a hold of that, then you can look at it and go, oh, I sat in the hallway because I needed a pause, right? I needed to unwind or think about the last class or whatever it is, right? But I know I'm going to move forward in this way because these are the things that are important to me. These are the things that predicate my actions. I think it's very important that we do. If I would have learned that in, you know, anywhere in elementary, anywhere in the lower grades of school, I would have been well, way better off. I also think too, the challenge is the biggest motivator is progress, right? So if I do the small thing now, yeah. I don't see any progress. Like my life doesn't change if I do a workout today, but it's stacking those workouts for days, weeks, months, years where you start to see that. Sometimes but, though. Right? But like doing the, the hard thing right now, if it doesn't yield anything, it's hard to keep doing. And you, you ever think? You don't see the utility in it. Do you really think that? Like if, like if you go do a hard thing, something that you don't want to do, let's say you overcome something that has been nagging you for months and finally you're like, you know what, I'm just going to start. And so you start doing it. And then at some point along the line, do you feel like, yeah, I'm doing the hard thing. Like in and of itself, that's what I, that's what the, the challenge was. Like I never started. It's easier than I thought. And now look at me doing the hard thing. You ever feel that way? even though it doesn't have utility, just because you know you should have done it or it, it could have gotten done. I, I would contend that anytime I do the hard thing is utility because like we said, that builds strength and strength fuels me to believe that I can handle things better. Hmm. And and having that belief in myself is is big. So like a bunch of those hikes that I went on or, or fishing for salmon in Alaska for a summer, riding my bicycle across the country, 
those things in themselves, they were just things. But like what they instilled in me was huge, right? Yeah, but did they have utility though? Like what utility did have riding your bike across the country do? Tons. No, Tons. I mean, no, in retrospect, but when you were doing it, you, did you start out, did you embark on that because you knew there was going to be something out of it? Or were you just like, I'm going to ride my bike? And we're gonna yeah, see yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but what I'm saying is as far as life changing or transformational effects, mm -hmm. doing the thing once in a bubble or in a vacuum, Yeah, yeah. if you don't feel the utility in it, doing it, it's going to be hard to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Oh yeah. To keep. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I think that, that there's something else there. I think that there's, it's like, it's like me taking out the garbage. It's like me recently, I've started just creating these lists and I've always known that you could create lists and just knock things off and get a little dopamine hit out of it. I never really did it before. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. look at me crushing it by 6 a.m. Cause I'm, you know, I've had 33 ounces of water and I made some breakfast, you know, like, but it's that I don't see utility in it until I feel the zing, like the emotion of it. And then I'm like, yeah, look at me, I'm crushing it today. It's only seven o'clock. And then the rest of the day just takes on a whole new outlook as if I didn't do that and I wouldn't, I, I don't really see utility in it other than how it makes me feel. But I think that there's somewhere in there that says, this could be your entry point to doing hard things. Here's your, here's the utility in just getting something out of it. Emotionally yeah. by doing it. You know, what often happens is we'll have these conversations and I'll go back and edit them. Mm -hmm. And then I'll realize <laughs> you always oh, because I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't respond the way that Todd was asking, or I didn't get I didn't get what he was asking. And then I will when I'll edit it, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's what he was asking," mm -hmm. but I didn't. Add, it's too late for me to answer that way now. And I'm wondering when I go back and edit this if I'm going to have a completely different response. Oh. So let's say you got those three things done before six o'clock this morning. Yep. And and the fact that those three tasks in and of themselves, if they got done or didn't get done. The, the trajectory of your life might not change. Absolutely. But if you get up every morning and you do three things right out of the gate, there it is. the trajectory of your life changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, how do you build those things, right? How do you, right. How do you first move the muscle and then how do you begin to realize the utility of moving it over and over and over again until it becomes something you and see? That, to me, the response to that is that it goes back to our of one of our very first episodes was – habit over everything yeah. else like if yeah. it's habit you do it if you need to be motivated to do it you're not you need to be motivated to do it when you're not motivated you're not going to do it yeah but we just can't kind of keep talking yeah. in circles when it comes to that yeah cool Whew, that went by quick yeah i mean i could think about that all day <laughs> it's so interesting <laughs> there's so many little nuances of like where there it can is. be found for different people and what pulls them in that direction it's, it's just very interesting to me I'm very blessed in that people share really cool stuff with me often, given the platforms that I've chosen to kind of live out of my life as a teacher, mm -hmm. this podcast, these types of things. So I get a lot of quotes. I get a lot of videos. I get a lot of awesome things that people are sharing with me. And I'm encouraging people to continue to share with me because it, it, it enhances the quality of my life. Awesome. But every now and again, one will stick. And that one, for whatever reason, stuck with me. And I've been wanting to do an episode on that for a little while. And then when all these cancer diagnoses in my life and in my family hit in the last two weeks, three weeks, I'm like, I need to figure out a way to do hard better because mm. things are hard. And God forbid when it's it it's my diagnosis, I'm gonna have to navigate that too. Yeah. I think the yeah. I think the way to do hard better is just to just to be willing to do hard. Because I don't think there I don't think that there's actually a metric by which you succeed doing hard things. It's just doing the thing. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. To the listeners out there, hope you're able to take away some tactical pieces to apply to your life through one of the seven or some of the um, the wisdom that Todd dropped. Psyched to be here with you all and 
so grateful that you spend your time and energy listening to the School and Struggle podcast. Absolutely. We appreciate your ears. We thank you for your time. We are incredibly grateful for your attention. On behalf of my friend Todd Ellis, we are the School and Struggle podcast. We are out. See ya. Thank you.